0: We do so many things through the computer or through our, our, our smart devices. We uh, are very social. We socialize online. We Most all of us have a Facebook account or an Instagram account or a Twitter account uh, or something else. Uh, uh, we do our banking online uh, every night at 9 o'clock. Ding! Or the phone goes off and we know how much is in the bank. Uh, uh, we do our shopping online uh so that uh we become mer- better acquainted with the UPS guy because every day something is delivered uh we do our business uh, a lot of us who have business well we uh just like we shop online we do our business online it's just uh well it's the way of the 21st century we as a congregation have an ever increasing online presence uh we are encouraging online registration for the different activities and, and events that come up. Uh, we, uh, you can even check in, uh, here, uh, each Sunday morning online as opposed to filling out the little yellow card. Uh, we, uh, you can give your contribution online. You don't have to write a check or have cash. You can go online and make your contribution, uh, through, uh, an online donation. Uh, we, uh, uh you can be making your notes uh, about the sermon online as well. You can go online, uh, that uh, the sermon notes that's in the little paper uh, that you have, that's online as well. You can make your notes there and then email it to yourself and you will have a an electronic uh, copy of your notes that you made in the sermon today. And we keep talking about maybe a live streaming the service. Uh, we haven't done that yet. Uh, but we keep talking about it, uh, and, but you can listen to today's sermon, uh, hopefully it'll be online tomorrow, uh, it'll, be, it'll be put on there, and you can listen to sermons that have been preached uh, online in the days to come. But of course, because we are online so much, uh, especially in our computers at home, we need, uh, or if you've got a business uh, or whatever it is, you need a good firewall to protect your computer, to protect your identity, because your identity, yourself, your your uh, who you are, can be compromised by someone who doesn't have the same scruples that you do. The firewalls are designed to stop the hackers who want to hijack. Your identity, or your space, or or steal your money. They uh, and they're real easy to to. to uh, the hackers are really smart. You know, they'll send you an email that looks like it's from some friend of yours, and you open it up, and there viruses in your computer. Uh, or you go to a certain site that you think is innocent enough. Uh, and you click on that, and then the virus is in your computer. Uh, You'll find that somehow or another a virus or a trojan has come into your, your device, your computer, and now it has stolen some of your personal information. It's destroying your fingerprint, either financially or socially or whatever, you may not realize it for a day or so because sometimes they're not designed to make themselves evident at first, allowing a day or two for them to do their dirty deeds. But when you discover it, you're compromised, you're hijacked, and now you've got to spend some time working to overcome whatever the malady was several years ago, the church computer was hijacked, literally hijacked. Uh, don't know exactly how it came into the computer, never did find that out, but it froze up our financial records. We weren't able to, uh, didn't. well, we could go down to the bank and find out how much money we had, but we couldn't access our finances. It had been uh, some malware had come in, and they were demanding a ransom. We'll release your finances if you pay the ransom. Well, we didn't pay the ransom. We didn't suffer it. They didn't get into the bank, just our computers. Uh, and if you don't count the time that uh, that Eric spent uh, and that Mary spent uh, several days trying to reconstitute that, we didn't suffer any loss, uh, but... There are those that want to do evil. God created us in His image. God made us holy and righteous. But that image that God has given to us has been hijacked so often by so many forces of evil. Satan has hijacked God's divine image in humankind. So much of the world has been listening to Satan for so long that God's image is hardly recognizable and the large part of the people who live on on this earth. We are not recognized, at least spiritually. The image of God has been hijacked, distorted, we follow the course of this world. And like Jesus would say, we, since we have believed in the father of lies, we are children of the father of the lies. Children of God have a certain God-given fingerprint. Identity. Satan wants to corrupt that image. He wants to alter the fingerprint so that it doesn't look like God anymore, changing our identity to look more like himself, Satan, than to look like God. To some extent or another, Satan has corrupted the fingerprint of everyone who's ever lived on the face of this earth, except Jesus. God's not happy with that corruption that has come. The fact that His image isn't visible in His creation. He's not happy with the schemes of Satan, with the corruptions that are there. The law was given to help us recognize the corrupting acts of Satan. The law was a firewall, trying to stop the hacks of Satan, but it wasn't effective, muchly because we didn't pay attention to the law. We didn't follow the precepts of that. It wasn't sufficient. It wasn't fireproof enough. We still lived in sin. We still lived separated from God. We still kept following Satan and were therefore enslaved to Satan. Because, see, we are the slaves of the one we follow, the one we obey. And so we were still condemned by our sins. And our identity in the Lord still corrupted. So God sent Jesus to be the ransom, to, in effect, pay the price and buy us back. Jesus tells us that because we sin, we're slaves to sin. hijacked prisoners in the possession of Satan. Uh, John 8, verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. You're hijacked. Your soul now is imprinted With Satan's corruption. A lot of folks don't realize it. And sometimes we do realize it, but it's too late. And we're there and we're struggling to be free and we don't know how to get free. All sin really is addictive. Some are more recognized as addictive. But every sin addicts, uh, uh, captures us. And it is so hard to break free from any from every sin. We easily recognize the addictiveness of drugs or alcohol or pornography. Fornication is just as addictive. Tell the one who's been living immorally to break free from that, and it's hard for them to do. Hard for them to break off from that affair. Sin holds us captive. Truth sets us free. The lies of Satan hold us captive, enslaved to sin, hijacked by Satan. Paul would say the same thing. He says, we are slaves to the one we obey. And if we keep obeying, if we keep following Satan, then even though we may not like the idea, we're still slaves to Satan. Verse 16 of Romans 6, do you not know that if you are, present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? A lot of people hardly realize that they are obedient to Satan, but they're following Satan. They don't realize that their actions day after day really do enslave them. They're not their own. They're not bearing the uh, the image of Christ. Satan is stamped on them. They may be just ignorant, uninformed about God's will, and deceived by Satan, by the devil, and they're just doing what they've been taught. They haven't been taught of God. In our world today, most people are not taught of God. We are not the voices. The voice of God isn't the the voice that the world is hearing. We live in a world so corrupted by Satan that most people are fully ignorant of the will of God. Of God's morality. Truth is Concepts have been so redefined by a world in sin, people hardly realize that they're walking prisoners to Satan. Love means passion and sex. It doesn't mean giving of oneself, doing what is good and right for everyone, making a commitment that will last forever and not just until my mood changes. It's The world doesn't know what love means. So when we say God is love, they're thinking God has passion or God is into self-gratification. So that's how they, That's how the world describes love. We're prisoners to Satan. Sexuality is not a celebration in marriage between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, but it's just anybody doing whatever they want that satisfies them sexually. Truth has become such a relative term that when somebody says truth, you say, which truth? Or whose truth? Uh, Truth has become what the majority wants. You see, our world has been hijacked. Truth has been hijacked. Corrupted. And so many of the spiritually hijacked don't understand They've been pulled away, hijacked from God. Their reality is so different from the truth of God that they don't understand God's truth. Their reality is separated from the God of love and peace. And so they'll look for love and they'll look for peace in all the wrong places. They don't understand faith and hope. They're blind being led by blind guides. That's the world we're living in. They don't understand the darkness that they're in. They do not understand the righteousness of God. They have no idea because they don't know the Word. And the voices they're hearing are not the voices of truth, not the voices of righteousness, not the voices from God. They follow him sometimes because they just don't know any better. How tragic that is. Now, that doesn't mean that they're excused because they don't know any better because God has made himself evident enough in this world and given us enough of himself in our conscience, in our soul, that we ought to know the truth. But people just don't listen. They don't pay attention. The flashing lights of the satanic world are just too strong. And that's all they see. That's all they hear. The father of lies has so deceived us that what is basic and what is natural is no longer believed as natural and basic and true. Still, the truth comes. And the world needs to know God's truth. The world needs to understand Satan's hacks and deceptions. It's not that much of a mystery how Satan deceives. Intellectually, we know what happens, even though we still fall to his deceptions. He puts this seductive picture or image before us Uh, or or perhaps it's a real person in front of us. And we look and we gaze and before too long we've looked too long and now it's lost. Or he puts this new toy in front of us or this different possession. He dangles it there and we look at it and before too long we have greed or maybe envy. Or maybe we we are afraid that somebody else might want what we've got and so we become defensive or angry. And we're swinging our fists, fighting people away. You see, Satan knows our weaknesses. He knows what to put in front of each one of us that's harder for each one of us to resist. He knows how to capture us in sin. And once he captures us, we're trapped. may even take a long time before we realize, I can't get out of this. When we th- are there, we're so securely trapped, it's almost impossible to break free. Satan has his heavy ransom. He's not going to let us free. It's really not that much of a mystery how we can be set free from our hijacker, from the hijacker. Our freedom's in Jesus. He is the ransom that sets us free from sin's condemnation. He is the ransom that releases us from the chains with which Satan has bound every one of us. Jesus would say this of himself, Mark 10 verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul would say something similar, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6, this is good, And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all which is a testimony given at the proper time. Peter would say the same thing. It's a fundamental truth the gospel, we're saved by Jesus because he ransoms us. 1 Peter 1, verse 18, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, that uh, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. The wonderful thing that we read when we're going through the book of uh, of Revelation is the praise of the saved who are in heaven praising God. And those that are there, those who have had their fingerprint of God restored by the ransom of Jesus, have had the image of God reconstituted, recreated in them by the ransom of Jesus. Revelation 5, verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The hijacker cannot... Hold, we who have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has no right to us anymore. We've been set free. And God wants everyone to be set free. And His grace in Jesus is sufficient for everyone. But remember, we are the slaves of the one we obey. So even though the grace is there, the ransom is there for us to utilize, if we keep following Satan, the ransom's not going to do us any good. We just keep going back into, well, slavery. Because we are the slaves of the one we follow. Over the years, there will be many voices that keep calling us away from God, deceiving us, lying to us, and then hijacking us. Some will come, even from within churches, false prophets that, that will mislead the flock of God. They may speak of a changing morality or changing obligation. You know, that happens today. We hear it in the voices of those who call themselves Christians. But remember, God's will does not change. God doesn't change. He's the same today as He ever has been. Some deceivers may say He's changed. Or some deceivers may say times have changed. And so morality changes. We are so much more sophisticated now than we used to be. But whether it's from a guy who claims to be a messenger of God or whether it's from a politician or or some public figure or some professor in some academia or, or wherever it might be, some voice on social media, when evil is called good and good is called evil, it's a lie. It's not from God. It's a hijack. It, 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 there are so many voices that seek to destroy the people of God. They, they tarnish, they, one of the things they do is they, it's just a small corruption. And we think, well, what will will it hurt? We are the slaves of the voice we follow. When we are deceived by Satan and follow his leadership, we separate ourselves from our God in heaven. We become slaves, hijacked by Satan. Almost the whole entertainment world now is a voice. It's been taken over by Satan. It's a voice of Satan. How could anyone that appears on a stage almost completely nude lecture anybody on morality? I can't see how anybody would pay attention to that. But that happens in our world today. We are a nation hijacked. Some liars will tell us that, well, happiness is found here. Uh, You'll enjoy life. It'll be so much better. And there may be a few weeks when it is good. But the end of sin is death. (laughs) And drugs or alcohol or any of those things, it may seem really good right now, but everybody that does drugs, you either get out of it or you get dead. That's about the only two results. Somebody helps you out, or somebody buries you. Many will follow the broad path, hijacked with their fingerprint corrupted by Satan. And they'll be happy for a while. But the end area of his death. Satan makes us think his way is best. But he is the father of lies. Don't listen to Satan. Once he has us secure in his captivity, it's only the blood of Jesus that can free us. If we listen to the world, will be corrupted by Satan. We need to be followers of Christ in every part of our lives. Here Peter, 2nd Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 3, but false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. Because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. Dropping down in that paragraph or that chapter to verse 19. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whoever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved, or whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled. In them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. Don't believe Satan's lies. Don't follow Satan. Don't practice those things that Satan is pushing in our world today. There's freedom in Christ. There's only bondage in the world. So the question today is, do we have a good firewall? Do you have a firewall around your soul? Allow God to be your spiritual firewall that protects you from Satan's assaults, from his hacks. Use the word of God as your guide, as a lamb to your feet to show the past. Allow His Spirit to be in you, so that you can develop that strength spiritually. That the strength that will protect you from Satan, a shield around you from His fiery darts. When you turn your computer on, there's a thing, a security check. It runs for a few moments each time you turn your computer on. Look at yourself. Do a spiritual security check on yourself. Is there part of you that Satan is trying to corrupt? Or is there part of you that Satan has corrupted? Who are you following? Do you obey Jesus? Or do you follow Satan? Has your spiritual identity been hijacked? Is there Satan on your thumbprint? We can help each other. We can be a a part of each other's firewall. As we have the Word of God and we share that with one another and as we encourage one another, we can be a firewall with each other. That's part of what being part of a church is. We help each other, we encourage each other, we become part of a firewall in our Christian journey. Be firm in your commitment to Jesus. Be firm in your commitment to one another so that we can hold each other accountable, so that we can serve God together, so that we can resist the assaults that Satan brings to us each day. Paul would write to young Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. If you've been captured... Escape the snare of the devil. Jesus will ransom. He'll pay the ransom price. Repent. Believe the truth. Allow Jesus to ransom you from Satan. He wants to. Let's be standing. As always, there will be some in our foyer, some of us here at the front. We'll pray with you. But if you're ready today to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, to be ransomed by the blood of Jesus... Water's ready. You can become a child of God this day. We encourage your response while we praise God in song.